Welcome back to the Model Parenting Podcast. I am Farah, and I'm David. And we have Corwin with us today in the studio. Hello. Um, we don't have, I know we had said we were trying to get some guests, but we need to work on some more logistics and some scheduling with that. So, and well, might, um, we might be moving guests to do, we might do like a season two with some guests. So, um, we're in conversation. We're in conversation to say maybe move into a season two. We're, we've got about six episodes left in this season content idea. So, um, it would be great if you are listening to and interacting with the information. Um, start to shoot us some stories or let us know kind of if that's something that you, if there's something that's happened in the podcast that you could share and we could talk to you about. And that'll kind of help us get an idea if season two is a thing or not. So, but there you go. Yeah. There may be a that's season a good, two. I don't know. That's a we'll good see. word. So, um, just as a, a wrap up or um, not a wrap up, but just like a, a review. Yeah, it's hard to wrap up before right, you even exactly. start. Exactly, I know. Our process so far in all the podcasts have been to build relational foundations and attachment for a conduit for more relationship. We wanted to define our worldviews that influence our values, understand values, and what our um, default values are and what our like desired values are. Build shared values to minimize conflict and enhance relationships and intentionally start pruning out areas in our lives that don't align with our shared values. Right. So um, the the process we've walked through so far, hopefully you've been able to kind of follow those and, and take those steps with us. And maybe you've had to pause the, the podcast for a, a couple of days while you've worked on some of those things. Um, that, that process that, that Fair just said for us took us several months is that fair yes several months and and we would take out and redo and rework and wrestle i think we wrestled with it i think we wrestled and um one of the most significant parts of this process is that wrestling so um don't be in a hurry just to get values and get to okay hey we're going to have our values and this is what we're going to do um sit in the process and have that that intimacy um that, that's a a huge component of developing and growing your family together is just spending time going through it. So, I think one of the things, too, that parents struggle with is that pressure to have all the answers and know all the answers and have the system in place and all that stuff for the kids. But it's good for kids to watch us process, um, especially if you're doing this with teenagers, working it out, you know, um, and changing some things that you've done before. It's good to go through that and wrestle and, and let them see you wrestle. Um, it makes them stronger. Right. Because not everything is just a quick decision and you move on. So right. um, be okay to just kind of sit in and, and process through it and take some time. Um, that'll be one of the reasons why we kind of take a pause. And then if we do step back, have a season two uh, is because we want, I'm kind of coming in you and out. You are coming in and out. Coming yeah. in and out. Here. I don't know what's happening there, but. I'm going to stop this. All right. So maybe we got our. Um, technical issues sandaled here. My voice isn't coming in and out as much. But um, so anyway, what we're going to do for this episode moving forward is we're going to talk about that outer circle. If you remember a couple weeks ago when we started this idea of values, we started with the inner circle of um, worldview, and we talked about worldview, and then we went to the outer circle in the last two episodes. We talked about values, and this um, last episode kind of in this content area is the, the outer circle of behavior. 
And most parenting books and ideas and philosophies and things really focus on behavior modification. We want our kids to act and do a certain thing, and we want them to behave in a store. We want them to act right in a restaurant and not run around like a knucklehead. And It's not just parenting books either. It's self-help books too. Self-help like. books, all that kind of stuff. Um, but here's the reality that we've learned. And Corwin, we can, she might be able to help us with this. Um, I have learned in all of my massive experience as a parent is you can't control your kids. Is that right? Yes, sir, pretty much. Think so? Is it hard to control a kid? Kind of, because if you try and control them, they're just going to not do what you say. Not do what you say, yeah. It's kind of hard. It's kind of our natural bend as humans to, to move away from control. Um, but you can't control your kids, especially teenagers. If you're listening to this and you've got um, teenagers that you're wanting to align and have some values and, and live in a, a values-driven environment, um, you're going to struggle to control your kids and get them to do what you want just because you say so. Um, so the behavior modification idea doesn't doesn't work, and it's not going to get you the end result that you want to. So um, our values, it, as we've said, this, this outer circle um, of behavior, our values are kind of the guardrails to keep us out of the ditch. So to keep us moving the same directions, we bump up against and It's kind of like go-karts. We went and rode go-karts a couple weeks ago, right? Yes, sir. Did you like riding go-karts? Yes, sir. It was awesome. It was super fun. What was your favorite go-kart? Probably the ones that I got to drive. The ones you got to drive? Yeah, you get to drive. It's more fun to drive, right? Um, so go-karts, if you're riding go-karts, they've always got those rails and you bump against them and it keeps you on the track. That's kind of what our values were. Um, and, and it guided us towards, it's the guardrails that guided us towards those behaviors that reflected the values that we have. So um, we needed a, a vehicle to express our values so these are the things that we do in our day-to-day -day life. Now, there's no way, Farron and I have been living in this for 18 years now. Um, there's no way, and, and it's useless for us to try to tell you everything we do related to our values and how our values come in in a day-to-day -day process. It's impossible to do that. So what, what I was going to do is I've got a, a list of our values here and then some behaviors that we do that reflect those values. So Fair and I'll talk through some of those. Corwin might chime in on a couple of them just because she's super cute and she likes talking in the microphone. Um, so uh, starting with our, our, our first one, and uh, again, our goal is not to get you to copy our values or copy our behaviors. That's not, that's not beneficial to you. This is just examples to help you put some handlebars on what it's going to take to uh, get from worldview through values into behavior. So um, all right, our first value is God's purpose, and, and we define that as we want to know God, um, know who he is. God's revealed himself to humanity, revealed himself to us. Um, so some of the ways we do that is by reading scripture in our, our house. So we, we do, the Bible app has a verse of the day. Corwin, you know the verse of the day. We read it, and we take turns reading it. We read the verse of the day, so we try to every day have some version of scripture that we read together even if it's just one single verse and talk about it for a second and then pray and um we attend church together um we think it's a big deal that all of us go to church at the same place and experience the same thing at church um so we we learn more about god and who he is and and um our purpose of knowing him but going to saint prayer Farah is uh, and corwin are are probably the prayer warriors in our house i would say is that accurate I'm not, no. You pray a lot. 
No, she's giving me a weird face. So <laughs> Corwin, Corwin doesn't think she's one of those. Um, but those are some of the things we do. Those are behaviors. So we read scripture, we go to church, we pray together as a family to try to reflect that value of God's purpose. And when things come up in our life and we need to filter them through our values, a lot of times we look in scripture and we talk to people uh, and pray and, and ask people to pray for us and help us understand what God's direction is and know, know God's truth in that. Um, is there anything you want to add on that one? No. Nope. You, could, you could say no instead no. of just shaking Sorry. your head. No. Um, yeah. All right. All right. So um, our second value is each other. So we want to spend time together with each other doing things that help us build relationships. So um, we do movie nights. We've talked a little bit about, both, a little of bit these. about these. both we, of these behaviors we've talked about. So earlier. we do movie nights every Friday night. That's our thing. Um, we eat pizza. We have eaten ungodly amounts of pizza over the last <laughs> 14, 15 years. Um, but we are committed to doing movie night and even our older kids, um, Dax and Cole, who are 16 and 18 are committed to doing these movie nights with us. Um, but we haven't been dogmatic about that. Like, no, if they've wanted to take off and and do something else with their friends, this is family night and you have to be there. And right. But, but (laughs) most of the time they do choose that for us. Um, another thing we do is birthdays. Corwin, do you like the way we celebrate birthdays? I love the way we celebrate birthdays. Honestly, I'm really excited for the 16th. Really? (laughs) She's already excited about her 16th birthday. Um, what do you like most about the way we do birthdays? Mm. Is it that you get to pick your own meals or that we say something we love about you? I think both of those is the reason why I like birthdays so much. All right. So what we do for birthdays is the kid gets to pick or, or the person actually, because um, I get to do the it on my birthday to too. To I get to do it on my birthday too. Um, Farrah doesn't, because her and Dax have the same birthday, so she kind of she kind of does it the day before, David the day helps after. Me celebrate, yeah, different different so ways. If y'all didn't know that, Farrah and Dax have the same birthday, but um, we, the the birthday person gets to pick their own meals. And do you remember what you picked this year? I think I picked Dunkin' Donuts for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Moe's for lunch and Miller's for Miller's dinner. for dinner. That's right. That's exactly what we did. And so we have we have a, a bigger budget too for birthdays now than we have had in the past because we plan on it like throughout the year. We put our we put our money towards that and save and don't eat out at certain times. But there have been times when it wasn't just you picked to go out somewhere. You just you got to pick the meal, whether we cooked it, whether we ordered it. Yeah, so Farrah would cook the meals that they had their favorite meals, but now all their favorite meals are eating out. So <laughs> right. we, we don't cook. Which those means anymore. we have to save in a, in advance. Right, but one of the things we do on birthdays um, is when we do cake at the end of the day, and we always do cake at night um, after dinner. We'll do the birthday cake. Um, we, we sit around and everybody says one thing they love about that person. Except for the person. Except for the person. So if it was Corwin's birthday, all the other four of us would tell her, okay, hey, Corwin, this year I loved that you grew like this or that you did this or I really love doing this with you. Um, so we just we take time to just celebrate who they are um, and invest a couple words of affirmation. And, again, words, love languages and all those kind of things. Not every kid is a words of affirmation kid, but it never hurts to say what I love about you. And it's simple. It's free. It's cheap. Um, the first couple of years we did it, our kids were little and they would say things like, I love your hair and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. We did. Y'all did. And <laughs> it was great. Um, but it, it has really grown. It's one of our sweeter times that we have as a family. 
um, and I really enjoy um, being in that. So that's something just to celebrate that kid or that parent um, and teach them how to communicate love and speak and and those kind of things. So, um, but that's that's the behaviors that we do to value each other. Um, Authenticity. Oh, oh, sorry. I have one more oh. about about each other too. Okay. Um, a lot of people focus on that. I think we've talked about this when we talked about studying people, but a lot of people focus on Enneagram or um, temperament or whatever, but all of that stuff, all of those tools fall under each other for us. Mm -hmm. Like that's, those are ways we value each other, but they don't become our like. Right. So as part of that studying your kid, we had that episode on studying your kid. The reason we study is to value. But that falls under and submits to that that value right um authenticity is our next value um and fair enough even the last couple of weeks as we've been doing this podcast i started talking about um that intimacy piece and how that intimacy piece falls into authenticity um and the biggest thing we wanted in authenticity is we wanted um to be known we wanted to know our kids particularly we wanted to be known we wanted them to know who we are um so we wanted to be authentic we wanted to be vulnerable we wanted to let them see um and so Farrah and I are very open uh, behavior-wise in just our conversations that we have in front of the kids. Now, that doesn't mean that we go and we fight in front. Do we fight in front of you guys all the time? Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, we don't, but we do have a lot of conversations in front of y'all about what our family's doing or what we need to do or, you know, if we need a job consideration or any of those kind of things. Y'all see those conversations, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, and we, you can choose whether to stay in the room or leave. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes Corwin doesn't like the conversations we're having when she leaves, um, which is great. And that is that is absolutely the, we're, we're not trying to. I mainly get bored. Um, she gets bored. Um, some of our conversations are more grown up than others. But the boys are generally in those conversations right now and uh, are a huge part of them. So uh, there are times that they even add some wisdom and season some wisdom into that because they authentically know and feel connected to where they can do that um, and, and speak into those things. Um Character, uh, character is one of those. Um, everybody knows what it means, but nobody has a definition. She knows the definition of character. Well, I don't know about character, but she loves the the middle part of this. So. Oh, the middle part of this. Oh, um, she does. She's very good at, at the middle part of this. Um, one of the things we wanted to do, and this was a direct result of being around some kids um, who were in, you know, three, four, five. Um, we, Fair and I were committed, and, and character came into this because we really wanted to build a culture of truth-telling. Um, Corbin's shaking her head like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's the middle part. <laughs> um, we, we never wanted our kids to be afraid of the truth. And, and one of the guys that I, I talk to on a regular basis, this is one of the things that he's really picked up on is a culture of truth-telling because he wants his, his kids to be truth-tellers and be able to say, Hey, this is our um, this is our deal. You never have to be afraid of the truth, for any reason, and that's the the crux of this character piece. Is we we wanted our kids to have good character, and that starts with telling the truth. And um, so we have a deal in our house, um, and this started. Gosh, boys were young. They were tiny. They I were mean, young. I don't even know if Cole was born yet. Cole may not have been born. We started talking to Dax about this, um, but this culture of truth telling started. We made a promise to our kids, you will never be in trouble for telling us the truth, ever. I don't care what you did. I don't care what happened. There will never be, there will never be punishment. You will never be punished for telling us the truth. Now, 
just like God communicates, I can't save them from the consequences of that. So there may be some level of consequence if they something may be broken that they have if to they fix took something from somebody or hurt somebody and hurt their feeling. I, I can't save them from the consequence of that. I can help them try to repair those things, but the consequence of their action is that that's it. That, that, that they're not in trouble. They're not going to get punished. I'm not going to ground them if they tell me the truth. Um, I can't tell you how valuable this has been for our kids. Um, just a couple of examples. Um, Cole, Corwin, and Dax were, they were goofing off in Corwin's room. This was probably three or four years ago. Um, Dax was probably 14, 15, something like that. Um, and they broke some little trinket. Snow globe. Snow globe. That was it. Broke a snow Corwin still remembers. They broke a snow globe. And Corwin was, I think, afraid to come and tell us because they were doing something that they uh, throwing a ball or doing something they probably shouldn't have been doing. Probably then. a stuffed animal. Probably a stuffed animal thrown around, goofing off in there. And Corman didn't want to tell us. And Dax came out and he said, no, 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 no. We don't have to be afraid of the truth. And he came out and he told us. And we're like, hey, okay, no problem. We're, you know, sorry that that's broken. We got to clean up the glass. But Dax modeled that for his sister um, because he knew and he had grown up, and, and Corwin, I think because of that moment, has really latched onto, and she is an excellent truth teller. She does a great job of coming to us and telling us those things and saying, hey, I did this or this happened, or and she is being able to, to have the freedom of the truth and not be afraid of the truth is huge for kids because they don't feel like they've got to hide, which feeds back into this authenticity by developing that character and developing that culture of truth-telling, it lets them be more authentic and be known even when they do things that, that aren't so shiny and polished. And it backs up that stuff when we say, not if you do something wrong, but when you do something that is not great, um, we're going to love you anyway. Like, And that backs that up. Like, mm-hmm. we love you, period. Period. Love you. <laughs> when you do stuff that is not great, because we all do stuff that's not great. All right, so... Um, next thing is people um, and some of the behaviors that we do. Again, we're focused on behaviors and how our behaviors reflect our values and how we've communicated those to our kids. So one of the things we communicated to our kids that they didn't like sometimes was guest gets the best. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm still frustrated with that. Sometimes people do take advantage of it. and um, But Fair and I modeled that and, and had those conversations. Again, people would come up and want to use the motorhome or use one of use one of our cars or something like that and um i I think us modeling that and saying hey people are more important than things was great for our kids so that when we asked them hey guess gets the best you've got to sacrifice yourself to some degree and say hey i don't i don't want to do that so um but those are behaviors that reflect the values that reflects the worldview so what our kids are learning is that God created people and people are important and they're more important than things. So we value people. And by valuing people, we're going to let, they're more important than our stuff. We're going to let them use our stuff and play with our stuff. And so all the way back from worldview out to behavior, that's how these things start to take hold. And we're shaping a biblical worldview in the lives of our kids through our values and through the behaviors. So um, now uh, our next one is excellence. Um, and I think we've talked about this one on the podcast before. I mean, I think we have. Yeah, I think we have. I don't think we have to. 
But excellence, we, we define it as attitude and effort. Um, this is where we our grades don't matter to us. We don't really care how our kids score on tests or any of that stuff. We care about their attitude and effort. If they have a good attitude and put forth a good effort, that, that's all we're really um, focused on. We're going to talk probably about that. That's going to come back up when we talk about money, too. It will. We'll talk about that. Um, so the behaviors that come out of excellence are attitude and effort, and those are controllable. Those are things that we can do. Uh, the next one's one that Corwin really likes. Laughter. Laughter. She looked at you. Yeah, laughter. Laughter is one of our favorites in our house, and laughter is a big deal for us. Um, we joke around a lot. We enjoy things together. We do a lot of fun. Um, Behavior-wise, Fair used to do joke of the day. Do you do that with Corwin still? I don't. Well, we have some, but we need to pick it back up. Mm. She did it with the boys a lot. There was a lot of times she would be driving them to school, go to Carline, and have, have a, a joke, joke of the in day. The morning. Yeah, she would do a joke of the day, and they were usually terrible jokes. Um, your your mom was hilarious with her jokes. Well, I was looking them up. Yeah, do you remember what a ninja's favorite drink is? What What That's right. That was one of those <laughs> jokes. So y'all can use that one for free. Um, but laugh. See, I mean, we just we like to laugh. It's part of part of the culture of our family and because we value it and because we value it, we try to seek out laughter moments to laugh. Um, but one of the things, even in hard spaces, we, we try to laugh even in, even in hard days, even in sad days, even we just get a little dose, a little dose of laughter. Right. But we are not joking on each other because now here's where the filter comes in. Each other is ahead of laughter. So we're not going to sacrifice each other to, get a, good to laugh. get a good laugh. We don't joke on each other. Now, do we pick at each other sometimes? Of course. Yeah, like, we do. I mean, that's what families do. Right. But we, we pick at each other um, in fun, but never at the expense of someone. We don't make fun of people to get a laugh. We don't joke on any part of who they are. None of that. We are very careful to value each other first, laughter later. Um, so as you're setting, just, just an example of how you're your filter, your sieve of your values kind of starts to take shape and filter out those decisions so that your kids aren't joking on each other so that you laugh. That And there have been times that we were joking and it went too far. So like, we value laughter. I'm like, no, we value each other first. And it pulls us back to center. And again, it's those guardrails that keep us on the track of where we want to go as a family. Um, our last value is experience and um Experience is a fun one because that's vacations and trips and golf and tennis and, and paintball, paintball and, and all the things that we do. Um, we do for experience because experience builds relationship and ultimately what we want to have is relationships. But so it's also learning to do the laundry and learning how to get stains out of stuff and learning how to pick up your junk around the house. Right, but those are yes, <laughs> those are experiences. yeah. I'm, I'm looking at you. <laughs> but Cole does it too. I know Cole does it too, <laughs> and Dax does it too. And mommy does it too. Daddy doesn't do it. Daddy doesn't leave his junk laying around ever. Okay, Sock Mountain. He never does. Never does. All right. So those are our values, and those are some of the behaviors that we let fall out of our values. So as we were going through this, and, and you might have a better memory than I do on it, um, I don't think that we – just started all of our values and doing all those things and that we we had our entire plan of how we were going to implement every value 
when we started, right? No, we did not. It just casually grew. It grew. And we started, hey, to do this value, we can do that. Like, we didn't start out with movie night when our when we had our values we, of each no, other. No, we had the values before we had movie night. And it just, yeah, it just, it came and it added. And, but, but instead of just adding another behavior, we would explain to them, we're doing this because this, this touches this value and this touches this value and this touches this value. And, um... And I think that some some behaviors do touch multiple values, but I think more often than not, one value covers a plethora of behaviors. And so when you're training a value in yourself or in your child, you're working smarter, not harder, because as you train that value, behaviors fall out. Right, and that's, we. I think we've said on the podcast before, we don't have a lot of rules in our house. Do you think we have a lot of rules in our house? I don't think we have any except the no running. No running. <laughs> Just because Dax broke his nose. Dax did break his nose, so we don't. We say don't run in the house. Um, we don't have a lot of rules because we're focused on values. The values cover the behavior, and again, we don't have to modify our children's behavior and tell them do this, don't do that. The values that they have that we share that are in common cover those behaviors, and if we trained those values well the behaviors are going to be reflective of the values we have, which is reflective of the worldview we have. But when they are little, training the values takes a lot of mental energy, and a lot of that usually falls on the primary caregiver, whoever's at home. Sometimes it may be the dad, but most of the time it's the mom. It was Farah in our house. Um, <laughs> and to, to take the mental energy and to step back and go, God, what? how do I communicate this? Um, yeah, and, and our kids did not immediately go with every value. There are times that they struggled with valuing each other. There were times that they struggled valuing excellence. They each have a favorite value, and then they all each have a value that... That they don't like. They would prefer was not on the list. They don't. Which, <laughs> but which, they practice self-denial in that. Which one do you not like the most? Probably the people one. The people one? You don't like the people one as much? I love people, but I don't like how... You have to share stuff sometimes? Yes, sir. Yeah, I how get that. People use that against me. Yeah, I get that. So, um, But Farrah was saying they have had to practice, and, and this is something that literally we just came up in a conversation a couple of days ago, that they are training in denying themselves. So in choosing other people... Corwin has to deny herself and say, okay, I value them, and I'm going to put myself second. Um, and kind of an unintended consequence of values is, is Jesus said, if anyone's going to come after me, he must first deny himself, right? And so we literally, through these values, they've been training on denying. They've exercised that muscle of denying themselves. And I think that's a big, huge part for me as a woman in that is just because – for so long, submission was so hard, but I see David deny himself and submit to our team values, and that makes it easier. And I think the same thing goes for the kids. Like, it's not, they're not, they're not denying themselves for me and David, they're denying themselves for the team, and they see us denying ourselves for the team. Not, like we've said before, not that you put all your personal values, you know, um, on hold all the time like you can do some things and you can set some part of part of value on each other is letting each other have those personal values 
Um, but, you know, on a day-to-day, in and out, the team values are the ones that, the shared values are the ones that hold most priority. I think I'm going to make my personal values sleep. <laughs> Can I personally value that? Corwin doesn't um. like that value as much. <laughs> All right. So next step in your process is, uh, so you've got your your values. You have set your order and you've got your definitions. You know what you're aimed at. Um, and our recommendation is start with one. one. Just pick pick a value. And I would recommend start at the top of the funnel or as close to the top of the funnel as you can. Um, and start with one action that reflects your values. Okay. Now I say, start with one. You start with one parents, parents or single parents, or even if it's just this one spouse doing this and really committed to this process, I, I, I don't know. Um, start with one, you pick the behavior and you start this. Hey, I'm doing this because I value this. You start. And as you begin to train your kids and bring your kids in, I don't care if your kids are two and three or if they're teenagers, you start the, the action and move towards that value because it'll be something you have to train in yourself. Fair and I were not, it, again, these were things, some of these things were things we wanted to be that we didn't value excellence or we didn't value experience or whatever that was. We had to train ourselves as we trained our children. So it, it's not that we were just innately good at all of this. This is, again, we're, we're 18 years into this journey, and we have spent a lot of time training ourselves and denying ourselves, and it, we were extremely committed to the process of it. So take those steps, and you start that step. And then as you begin to master that value and that training of that value, step into another one. Pick another one. Okay, hey, all right, now I'm going to start this behavior. And gradually build that. And if it takes a couple of months, years, whatever it is, the, the farther you get down the road, the better you're going to see those results and those behaviors and things start to change. Um, man, we change. Only God steers the human heart. Only God can do that. And this is heart change stuff. Behaviors, yeah, you can get your kid to act a certain way for a while, but ultimately we need heart change. And the only way to change the heart is through this process of, of shaping their worldview and shaping their values. So... Um, it's going to take time and it's okay. But as you master a value, add another value in. Um, so as you are building a values driven culture, just be patient and allow yourself to make mistakes and miss it. And when you miss it, Farrah and I have missed it multiple times. And we've come to the kids and we said, Hey, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't value you. I didn't do this right. I didn't do that right. So take Take those opportunities to say, I missed it on my value, and I'm, I'm pulling back to it. It showed I, I violated that value, and I want to come back to it and show you what I've, I'm able and capable of doing. Um, but Gandhi said, and I don't quote a lot of Gandhi, but I do know Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world. If you want to see change in your family, you be the change you want to see. Yes. Fair and I, I think that's the biggest commitment we made when we started this process is we were committed to be the change we wanted to see in our family. We wanted to, we told you we started this journey because we wanted a different kind of family. And we were committed to be that change. We were committed to do whatever we needed to do to see that change and, and not keep continuing the same patterns into our kids that we had lived through and we had seen. So be the change you want to see in your family. 
that's not a Gandhi quote. That's a David quote from a Gandhi quote. But all right. So, uh, Farrah, you either have activities or resources or something for I us? I do. I have. Um, well, our resource, just real fast, I'm just going to review that. Um, most of this is, is just, like I said, a review. So if you haven't, you know, had a chance to look at Think Like Jesus by George Barna or Scary Close by Donald Miller, I, I do recommend, especially Scary Close, um, just to, to hone in on that relational aspect. Um, but our activity is, uh, there's two different ways to do it. I'm going to start with the couples version and the older kids um, play darts together. It's got those mm -hmm. circles um, that you can see and visualize. We've had darts in our house with the teenagers. We had David and I had darts in in our um, townhouse that when we first started hosting teenagers at our house. And we haven't had darts in our house for a while. We've we haven't had darts in our house for a while. We did have them in the basement before it was finished. I think. Did you buy darts for the? Not well, yeah, maybe you bought Dax a dartboard. I think for Christmas at Five but Below or something. We do have Nerf guns. Oh, yeah, we do have Nerf so guns. So we could so shoot them at the wall instead of That's true. You could do that too. Darts. Um, but but I recommend for couples as you're as you're wrestling this out, play some darts. Get a dartboard, put it in your garage, and after the kids go to bed, go out to the garage and play darts and watch what you tend to do. I know when I first started playing darts, I remember hitting that bullseye was hard and that bullseye would be like those that worldview stuff and that's not always easy to see or or think about um, but I have a tendency when I'm bowling and when I'm playing darts to curve off to the left of like and so I could see but I could hit those those doubles and those triples on one part of the dartboard and that's a lot like hitting hitting values you're getting more points you're um, adjusting more behaviors when you're training values in yourself or with your kids but then you can also watch what your tendencies are when you're playing darts and you can start to compensate and and aim better um, so play darts if you can't if you have if you have small kids and darts is not they, a have, wise they have velcro darts and nerf they darts do, and, those and kind magnetic of ones but they're not super great like if you have super tiny kids but you can, you can put you can put a frisbee in a hula hoop and a jump rope. So make like the frisbee your middle and then your hula hoop is like your value section and then your jump rope yeah. and then throw bean bags at it. There you go. So. All right. So that's uh, kind of our values push um, to help you get your family moving into values. Um, kind of the back end of this uh, season, uh, we're, we're going to start wrapping it up. Or, or gonna, it's going to be very practical in some of the things that we – um, kind of philosophies and things that have come out of values and some of the things we aim at and work at towards a family. So um, hopefully you guys will stick with us through that. Uh, again, uh, if you are interested in maybe season two and hearing some stories and some content about people who are interacting with this, um, let us know and start dropping us some stories, emails or texts or whatever, and let us know that uh, that's something that you might be interested in helping us out with or being a part of uh, if we move forward with that. So. Anyway, thanks for listening. Corwin, thanks for being here. You're welcome. You're super awesome at podcasting. You have a great podcasting voice. Nice. All right. Um, hope you guys are doing great and uh, look forward to hearing from you about some of the content you're, you're listening to. And we will look for you next time.